Hey, Sam. Hey, Teresa. What's up? Not much. Just enjoying summer. Um, I think this is like the least amount of stress that I've felt since the pandemic started. So I'm loving life. How about you? Wow. Honestly, same. Um, Yeah, happy summer, everybody. Um, I just feel like positive, you know? Like Biden was just like, you don't have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated. And, you know, it's nice outside. And I just made like over $100 selling clothes. Let's go. That I wasn't going to throw away. Um, yeah, honestly, I only have good things to say. Yeah, I actually need to, to buy some clothes because... Oh, you can buy mine. Honestly, I might because we have all this stuff in storage, which I think is just lost at this point. Uh, and I was like counting on some of those clothes to like pop back up. So um, I think it might be a thrifting weekend. Yeah, guys. Um, I don't know if Sam sounds tall on the podcast, but he's not. <laughs> We've been over this. <laughs> <laughs> Me projecting my height onto your height. So I feel like a lot of my clothes you could fit into. Honestly, if you put us both together, we'd still be like under. <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be pretty tall. <laughs> under six feet. We should do that thing where you like, they sneak into movie theaters and one person on top of the other. Yeah, we should. Let's do it. We should. That one. But today we have a great episode for you guys. We are going to be interviewing the artist Rouge about his album War over a mango lassi. Great, let's get into it. So I picked a mango lassi for this show because it's just, it feels like a summer drink to me. I don't know if it actually is. Um, it kind of like bridges the gap between a smoothie and like uh, ice cream to me. Um, but it's just one of my favorite drinks. I always get it um, when I go out to a restaurant that has them. Um, and I think there's so many different variations, but there's this place near me called Rody Roll, which has the best mango lassies that I know of. Yeah, I love mango lassies because I feel like it's not like super sweet. Um, and also it's like creamy. I feel like it's like a dessert vibe. Um, I had them a lot when I went to India and it was just one of those things you get used to drinking. And then I like did not drink it for a while. And now I'm drinking it now and it's very refreshing, even though it's creamy. And I feel like it's like a nice, like summer dessert drink, but also like middle of the day, you know? In summary, 10 out of 10 drink. Um, I think that we would both recommend one of the few drinks we both agree upon. Um, so it's always nice to start the summer out with a drink that everybody loves. But we are now going to move into our interview with Rouge about his album War. I actually just discovered War pretty recently. And it's a really unique and incredible project. Um, a lot of different sounds going on, takes a lot of influence from bands like Radiohead, but also artists like Wu-Tang. 
Uh, Rouge is from Staten Island, so it definitely has some of that New York energy too, but not necessarily tr the traditional New York energy. Um, Teresa, what did you think of the project? Yeah, I loved um, this album and actually found it because um, Rouge um, DM'd us on Instagram just being like, hey, um, love the cue. Just like, here's like a project I just dropped. Of course, me and Sam listened to it. And I feel like we were just blown away that it was like a debut project and just very complex and thoughtful. And I just really appreciated the intentionality that went behind the project um, and also checked out like the music video that he had. So yeah, we're really excited to ask him about the process um, as well as just sort of like his inspirations for the album. Great, should we call him up right now? Yeah, let's call him up. Hello, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you guys. Okay, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. Um, so I guess like jumping into like where you're from. So our first question is just about like, I feel like Staten Island isn't necessarily like the first place that comes to mind when you think of hip hop. So like what, I guess, inspired you growing up just like in terms of like creating music or just like the type of music that you were drawn to? Yeah, so it's really interesting being from Staten Like, like you mentioned, like I, I feel like I actually like the fact that people hate Staten Island. Like, I love that's our identity, and we're kind of like that middle child. And I think like it gives kind of us kind of like an underdog kind of mentality. Um, so I think that kind of attitude of like, because if you depending on where you're at in Staten Island, right, you can literally see. The Manhattan skyline so it's kind of like this small town overlooking the big city kind of vibe which is interesting because I mean it's just another borough but that also like Staten Island is so um like ethnically and economically diverse you kind of like get a feel for both worlds um and you learn a lot about people and I think that really gives you a lot of perspective or at least gave me a lot of perspective in terms of how I think about you know, just certain situations. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how much that pervades my music, but I def I mean, if, if you listen to my music, it's a lot of, it's a lot of talking about, you know, life stuff. Um, I talk about death a lot. Um, I don't know, it just, it just gets you thinking, I guess. Yeah, and how did you start making music? Yeah, so I... I first got, got like really into hip hop when I was in like middle school. Um, this was around like when the internet era was like really blown up. So like I discovered a lot of things through the internet at that time, as well as like what people were listening to in school. So I don't know why, for some reason, I just thought like, hey, I, I could be a cool rapper. Um, so I started like, you know, rapping to my friends and stuff. But I didn't start taking like, anything with the music seriously until I started like college because just before college it was I didn't I didn't know how to like squeeze that time into anything so um yeah right before college I like bought my first like legit mic and setup and then yeah just been making music ever since I guess yeah and like um also just like looking 
at like the playlist of songs that inspired your project I feel like Radiohead pops up a lot um so like as like that influence how is I guess Radiohead influence like your life or your music yeah so Radiohead um Radiohead influence so I would say Radiohead is probably the number one influence on this album like you mentioned uh I thought like when I first heard when I first really got into Radiohead um I mean I tried to listen to them in like high school but it was a little bit over my head just because they're not you kind of have to like learn a little bit more about life before you really understand Radiohead so I started listening to Radiohead in college and um both the way that they write songs um also their sound and also like their their like mind for experimentation um really attracted me and I think that's kind of the spirit of this project like I really it wasn't like a conscious thing but like I guess subconsciously Radiohead influenced me to make this like really dark and like moody kind of sounding album um that really like tried to push the boundaries of the genre I was in um and also like if again if you listen to Radiohead a lot of the lyrics are super they're they're not like abstract in the sense that you can't understand them like you can still get a feel for like what they're talking about they just like layer it so much in this kind of like um again introspective and metaphorical way of writing and I think that's kind of something that that's kind of the way I approach writing songs a lot you know some people say like people are always asking you oh what does this mean but they they're never like this is just like going over my head like I don't really get what you're saying it's kind of like you can still pull something from it and I think that's that, that was important to me yeah, definitely. Um, in digging into the album, in the sound, um, on Bomb, you say, please don't call this lo-fi. And I'm not sure that I would really describe it as lo-fi in general, but what genre do you see yourself creating? Like, what do you think your sound is? Yeah, so my kind of, like, guiding influence is very much like Andre 3000, Kendrick, Kanye, in that sense, where it's like, I don't want to make the same thing every time I come out. I think before this project, I was making a lot of songs that like kind of fit, very fit into that like lo-fi kind of um, subgenre slash aesthetic where it's just like everybody I would share my songs with, they would be like, oh, this is like cool lo-fi chill kind of thing. So I guess like with, with that line and bomb, I was kind of like really like trying to move away from that. Like I didn't want to be boxed in. Um, and with this album, like you could still, you can still kind of like qual- uh, like qualify a lot of the songs as lo-fi if you really want, but like, cause I also mixed and mastered this album. So I specifically made it a point to like make the song sound as like big and expensive as possible. And that's, you know, that's the antithesis of what being lo-fi is actually about. So yeah, it was just kind of for me, like breaking that, um, breaking out of that box. And I guess like if I, was, was like to qualify my direction for my music. Um, that's how I would describe it, you know, like I don't want to be boxed in. I want to, if you're going to say anything, you might as well call it just like experimental alternative, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, and um, were you involved with the production as well? So I guess it, it, it really depends on how you define production, right? Like I didn't make beats themselves and- yeah. Like I mentioned, like I kind of have like this imposter syndrome about this because what I did for picking the beast was I kind of really went around SoundCloud and then this 
um, this forum called SP404 Forum, um, which is like a forum for people who use the SP404 drum machine. So that's how I discovered a lot of the beats. Um, but then like, I also like, I don't know, again, it depends on how you define production because I put my own little interludes on some of the songs. I also combine a lot of beats together. So like a lot of the songs you hear with this like beat switches, um, like those weren't, you know, originally there, I kind of put it together. Um, and I'll also like say like mixing vocals, that's a part of production. Like I was producing my own vocals. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, and like speaking about like vocals and collaboration, like what is your approach to collaboration? Because um, we both really love the way that your voice like blended with Rodney on like the Dead Man um, pill for my silence. Um, yeah. So with that, like, I don't know, do you like sit down with them in a room or like do you talk about it or is it just more of like a vibing process? Yeah, so the one with Rodney Chrome. All right, so those two songs were both made during the pandemic. So I couldn't like meet up with these people in person, but that song with Rodney Chrome, I let's see. So I made that song in October of 2019. Um, and like we linked up in person for a little bit. He laid out like a real, like a skeleton for how he wanted the chorus to go, but he never like finished it. So like a year later, I like hit him up and was like, hey, can you finish this chorus? And we just hopped on FaceTime and then he recorded his thing. Um, yeah, I already had my verses at that time. So he kind of like knew what to do with it. How to, it was kind of more on him to like blend his stuff with me. For the other one with the collaboration, that one was like super weird because I sent I sent a story with like no lyrics, no verses. I just sent her the beat. And then she kind of like just freestyled um, her own vocals. And then I like shifted around the vocals to make a song. So that, that was on me to like build her vocals around my vocals. Um, yeah, and it just came together really well. Like, I don't know, I guess it kind of spoiled me in a sense because now I kind of expect all collaborations to go that smoothly, but that's probably not, never the case. But yeah, I just got really lucky with that, to be honest. Yeah, and kind of stepping back from the album for a minute, do you have any advice? Cause you just said, you'd start taking it seriously when you're in college. Like, do you have any advice for students or for people who are working to, um, like, what is the process of releasing an album? How did you set aside time for it? And like, do you have any advice for people who maybe want to do that? Yeah, so my number one advice is, like, you really have to get your music to where it needs to be. Um, it took me six years to really put together something that I thought was like, to me, worth putting out. Um, so I think a lot of people kind of, you know, they might be eager to like skip steps or a lot of people might be eager to focus on the things that come after music, like the marketing and like social media and stuff. The number one important thing is to like really, really get your music to where it needs to be. Um, and however you get there, that's gonna look different for everybody. Like it might not even take six years, but you'll know it like when you get there, like, I guess like before this album, um, I was I was always trying to make an album, but just going off the feedback from a lot of people, I could tell like I wasn't there yet. Um, so you, you can like feel it in your gut when something is like where it needs to be. As for setting aside time, so that's interesting because um, 
again, I was really lucky with this because I have like a stable job, a stable income. And um, that the time that allowed me to like make music and to experiment and discover stuff, I don't think would have been possible if I didn't have that kind of stable income. So, I mean, uh, that, that was just a really lucky circumstance for me. I mean, a, a lot of people, you know, they're not in that position. And, you know, I wasn't always in that position either. And in that case, you know, you kind of really just got to tough it out. And, you know, everybody's going to have like their own excuses. Um, but, you know, I don't, it's just hard to complain, you know, when you see a lot of people have done it without as that kind of time and resources. So, yeah. I guess like for you, what, what was the um, step where you were like, okay, this feels like good to me. Like, what was, I feel like the missing link that you felt like wasn't there before? Yeah. The number one big thing was that I started mixing and mastering my own records because for me, especially since I'm more experimental alternative, having that level of creative control over what I was doing was super important. Um, especially because if you're sending someone else to mix and master your records, like you're putting that vision of how to produce your vocals into someone else's hands. And it's also extremely hard to like communicate that vision. So that was super important. And also like just going off feedback because for me, like when you send someone a song, it's never, like I discovered it's never about what they say, it's like what they don't say, right? Um, so they might say like, oh, this sounds, this sounds cool or like whatever. But what I realized was that, you know, they have to say, oh, wow, this sounds amazing. I'm really impressed by this and want to like get into a whole conversation about it. So that was something that like also clicked with me in terms of realizing when something is where it needs to be. Yeah. And then I know you've recorded a lot of this album during or I assume you recorded a lot of this album during the pandemic. Um, what was it like recording during this time? Or if you didn't record some of it, like at least putting it out during a time where you can't really promote it in the same way you might want to normally? Yeah, so to me, that was a total concern because when I put out this album, I had like 280 followers on Instagram. Like. I, did, I put out this album without expecting anything. I just I just really had like this hunger to put something out. You know, I had built up the connections and the network to where, you know, it afforded me the resources to put something out. Um, so as far as like marketing and promotion, I didn't start thinking about that until after I put out the album. And there was like so much positive reception to it. Um, so now this is like the moment where I'm kind of going hard with like promoting it and doing stuff. As far as like the pan how the pandemic factors in, um, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, that only really affects artists who are at the level where um, they kind of need to hit the ground and get like in touch with people face to face, right? Um, if you're just starting out, the internet is going to be your best resource. Um, promoting through social media is going to be your best resource. And Yes, I wasn't like really stressed about that aspect. Um, and plus, like, you know, if you want to talk about like live shows, right? I see so many artists doing like these virtual live performances, which I don't think is going to like replicate the experience of like in person performances, but it does give this level of, um, I guess, like fan interaction and like just giving something extra to the fans. And I think, yeah, like 
a big thing for me is like I really if I'm if I'm gonna like start out from the bottom like this is like my moment to build it from the ground up I want to like focus on delivering stuff to like whoever is supporting my music you know just focus on that aspect and that doesn't necessarily mean uh things that I could do in a non-pandemic situation if that yeah. makes sense and I would love to hear about you said like the reason you started promoting it is because you got such a great response. What was that original response like? Was it like very like affirming? <laughs> yeah, so like before I put out the album, um, I already shared it with a bunch of people and everybody really liked it. But it's a different level when people are like actually hitting you up and saying, wow, this is amazing. And you're sending the album to like friends and they're like, wow, I've listened to this over and over. Um, yeah, it was just like, Again, it just clicked for me that this is, you know, something I could run with. No, that's so funny because <laughs> I remember when you um, DM me on Instagram, I sent it to Sam. I was like, oh, this kid, like, DM me, maybe, like, listen to his album. And then we listened to it. We're, we're like, wait, this is actually really good. <laughs> it was, like, random, you know? And then we're like, yeah. wait, why am I vibing with this? Yeah. Um, yeah, also, I just feel like it sounds very, like, professional, I don't know. Really good job on that. Godsend Godspeed is on my May 21 playlist. So oh, thank you very much. <laughs> um, okay. Also, I really love talking about album art. So can you talk to us about um, yeah, like the album art? I think the colors are really, really awesome. Yeah, so that album artwork was uh, designed by this dude named Darian Eldridge. Um, his Instagram handle is like it's something weird. It's like how you what for real or something like that. Anyways, so with me, the album cover is super important. Um, basically, I discovered the person who made this artwork because um, I saw another one of their like designs, and it was just like, yeah, like like you mentioned, as it was really important to me that I use this cover to create like a cohesive package. Um, and like, I just feel nasty whenever I, I see an album and I'm not like a fan of the, of the artwork. Um, so it was really, really important to me that I had, I get the artwork right. And again, this was such a lucky circumstance or I don't know, I don't know how or why, but like this dude just like really knocked it out of the park. This, I just told him, Hey, I want to cover that's kind of like dark, but also kind of beautiful at the same time. Um, I sent him like an early version of the project and then he just like went off with it. Um, I gave him a little bit pointer here and there, but yeah, that was mostly Darian Eldridge's work and yeah, all praises goes in. Yeah, well, it's a super pretty cover. Um, and I wanted to talk about, kind of dive into one song more specifically, which kind of felt like the centerpiece of the album to me. I don't know if you feel the same way, um but to me heroes never die was just like first of all it's like one of the longer songs on the project and it like goes through so many different phases can you talk to us a bit about what that song means to you in the process of creating it yeah so that song um so heroes never die okay so the name of that song itself uh it's based on the song equipment by outcast in the chorus where andre 3000 he goes like um, even when the sun goes down, heroes eventually die. So the meaning of that uh, outcast song was like, everything eventually dies and you don't know what's certain for tomorrow. 
so I, for this song, I kind of like wanted to flip it and say like some things are certain and you know, what we do on this earth matters because our legacies never die. So heroes like never die. And then for like the, the vibe of the song, I really wanted to, wanted it to feel like a dream, like, like an actual, you know, where you're dreaming, like things don't make sense. Like they're kind of disjointed, but you know, if you really think deep about it, you can like pull some kind of meaning from it. So that was like the biggest like aspect of the song to me was um, what does, you know, again, it's just contemplating about life and death and um, what it really means to exist in a large sense. Um, and, you know, I don't like, the thing is about this album, I don't have the answers for things, right? Like there's no like, like revelation. There's no like a, like a point where your fingers snap and you just figure everything out. So that was like another like guiding part of this song was like, um, how do I make this feel as like contemplative and like lost? I guess yeah and I guess I just on the themes of your album so when you write like the lyrics is it like things that you've thought about for a long time or are you like sitting down being like I just like want to write a song like how does that writing process work for you yeah so sometimes I wait around for inspiration but a lot of times it's just like this is too much let me let me force myself like I think with a lot of artists, they kind of have to think about not forcing themselves to do certain things. But with me, like I realized I needed to like force myself to sit down and write stuff. Um, with that said about like the things I was thinking about, uh, yeah, like, I mean, you might be able to tell, but I had like a lot of things to get off my chest with this project. Um, it was a lot of like things that uh, I was thinking about not just like during that year, but in the years before. So again, it was like, that's why I keep saying this album, it's like years in the making um, because I just put so much into it, you know. And how does it feel to have like it be done? Like, does it feel weird to have like this thing you spent years on just out in the world now? Yeah, like, honestly, that feeling like, that feeling came when I finished the project and I like, I didn't even put it out yet that, that feeling of like completion um as far as like the fact that again like there was like a positive reception to it and i want to like promote it i still feel like it's not done done yet because i still have like another video coming up uh two videos actually um one of them is like a like a relatively larger production um yeah like i still feel like there's so so much more for me to do to get out of the get something out of this project um it's like milk it as possible because i don't know when's the next time i'm gonna be able to do something like this so yeah yeah it still feels like um i haven't like really felt like i could like sit back and say yeah i did that but but no (laughs) not for sure like when i finished the album i was like yeah this is this crazy and on the note of videos um the only one that i've seen from the project is the one for bomb but um can you talk about the vibe of that video the like there's a lot going on with the helmet and the being outside yeah yeah Yeah, so the helmet um was something i wanted to do because like i wanted this again it's about it was about cohesiveness for cohesiveness for me so i really wanted to wear something that it wasn't like a mf doom kind of like character it was more like I guess like when Tyler wore wigs for Igor, like that kind of like slipping into this like symbolism 
that would embody your project. Um, and for me, the the helmets, and I wear, like I'm planning to wear like helmets for all my videos. Um, that to me was just a way of like slipping into like, like this, this other form that I could like better express my music visually. Um, as far as the vibe, that was all. So the director of the video, Jonathan J. George, uh, he's also a photographer. Um, like I, I just like put it in his hands and said like, yeah, let's let's film something that like where I'm wearing this helmet and it's like industrial, and then you just you just do what you need to do. Um, yeah, I guess that also ties into the, the earlier question about collaboration. I think a big key of success is like telling people, like, giving me, telling them to do what they want to do, like and not interfering with that too much. Um, I I think maybe that that's why a lot of collaborations fail is because there's you like conflict visions too much. Leo. No, I was going to say when you said that, I was like another collaboration that went smoothly for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess like for you, what does the album represent to you? Um, right. So the name of the project is War. And to me, the project was really, I mean, I'm talking about a lot of things, but the ultimate theme was about becoming rather unbecoming and becoming again. So like, you know, detaching, not just yourself, but like your ideas about things um, and then reattaching, but with like a new perspective. And, you know, the concept of war is like, I think, I think everybody's at war, you know, we're all fighting something, whether it's ourselves or some kind of like something going on with the world or something around us. So to me, the, the goal of the project is to think about like, what you kind of look like on the other side of that. And like, what are you fighting to keep alive? And what are you fighting to kill off? Um, and again, like, I don't have the answers to these questions. There's no like revelatory moment of the album. It's kind of like, just go through it. And then like, whatever you realize about yourself, you find out. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, and I think those were all of our questions about the album, but we'd love to know what other art is inspiring you lately. Yeah, so um, it's funny because throughout the album, like I wasn't listening to that much music. It was, it was more like, it wasn't listening, it was more like studying. Um, so again, like with Radiohead, with like a bunch of like, like avant-garde, quote unquote, like rock bands, like, um, like there's this band called Can, um, uh, yeah, and King Crimson, like stuff like that uh Fiona Apple like I really I really really like her songwriting um and then outside of the music like one thing that really really inspires me is like watching like really pretty looking movies um like I sometimes write songs just like with a good looking movie like on mute and just like letting that set the vibe um yeah and Lately also, like, I don't know if you guys have heard of the service Letterbox, but it's basically like a social film discovery platform. And that has like really inspired me to like get even deeper into film. Um, Cause I, I, I'm into film, I'm not like film student level of like knowledgeable about it. So I've really been, you know, getting into film lately a little bit more. What should people expect next? Should they be looking out for another project or just the videos? What should people expect after this? 
yeah, so directly after this, um, there's two videos dropping sometime in, in the near future. And then after this, what I really want to do for my like next big solo project is number one, I want to lean more into the production side, um, really learn about it. And if not, you know, if not do it, at least like learn about it a little bit more. Um, and then number two, I really want the next album to be like more poppy and brighty. If, but not, not in the sense of like losing that spirit of experimentation. Um, like, I don't know if you guys know the, the, the French um, singer Angel, but she puts out like these sound, these songs that sound really beautiful, but uh, like also like super well done. And yeah, I really like want to like follow in that path a little bit and dig into that bag a little bit more instead of just making dark and depressing stuff all the time. <laughs> Yeah. definitely well we'll definitely be looking out for it and uh yeah thank you so much for coming on thank you very much for having me um really enjoyed this thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of two virgins we hope you enjoyed getting to know rouge and check out his album war you can find this episode on our website, quarantinecontent.com, or on our weekly newsletter, The Q. See you next week. <laughs>